0: To go into a world that is so broken and so turned around, to go in with something really well scripted, is missing an opportunity to pay attention to what is happening in front of us.
1: Hello, and welcome to Created Creative. I'm Ruth.
2: And I'm Dawn, and I'm glad to be back.
1: I know, I am too. And we have a really special guest today. His name is Paul Luter.
2: And we all went to seminary together.
1: Yeah, we were all there at the same time. But
2: not in the same friend group.
1: Yeah. Not <laughs> I like don't I don't, don't
2: want to be associated with him. I just, <laughs> I know him and I don't.
1: Yes. We didn't all hang out together every day or anything, but we all knew of each other.
2: It's not a huge
1: secondary. <laughs> it's not, yeah. It wasn't like a, a huge <laughs> pool of people. But
2: <laughs> there's one cafeteria yeah. and then if you're eating, you're there. And so yes. you see all the people. And Paul
1: Luter, he serves as a pastor in the Twin Cities now. I'm going to share his bio with Awesome. Us right yes. Here. All right. Paul Luter is an essayist, poet, teacher, and an ELCA pastor. For the past 20 years, he has taught as an adjunct instructor of Augsburg University in Minneapolis. He holds an MFA in creative writing, and he has written for the Christian Century and Huffington Post, among other publications. He is currently working on a flash nonfiction essay on presiding at a funeral in a congregation soon to close. I
2: love that he put that into his <laughs> body.
1: I do too. I had to chuckle because, of course, that was some homework that came out of this episode. Yes. That- so
2: apparently yeah. we give creative assignments to people, We're still finding
1: out what we do. Yes, we didn't realize that was part of what we do until that happened.
2: Definitely listen. He introduced us to this whole genre called creative nonfiction?
1: Flash? What is it? Flash fiction. Flash? Flash? See, we don't know. We still need to learn. (laughs) Something. Yes, I will put a link in the show notes so that you can read. Because he did finish the assignment. But
2: listen and then read it.
1: Yes, listen and then read it.
2: Because... If you hear us, what I thought he would do is not at all what he wrote, which is the fun of creativity.
1: Yes. Yeah, he had some really interesting thoughts about creativity and is such a good writer. And it was an interesting conversation.
2: Totally relevant, even if you do not consider yourself a writer. Because everybody's writing all the time. I think about this, how we as a society write more than we used to. Mm -hmm. Yes, I suppose people wrote letters long ago, but even that you could not have the output that we do
1: now. And yes, being able to use keypads and our screens and yes, the volume that we can put out.
2: Right. So we're writing a lot, but then it takes a very strong decision to say, I'm going to write a piece that
1: will stand on its own, let alone a whole book. Mm -hmm. And bring it from start to finish. That is something entirely different. The microphone falling. Yeah, my microphone. I still have my short, short cord here, so I have to be really close to my microphone. I have to invest in a longer cord, but I haven't quite done that.
2: If we commit to this podcast, then we'll get longer cord.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. When we were interviewing Paul, we didn't even have a name for the podcast.
2: No, so we don't really (laughs) say it during the episode because we didn't, we hadn't settled.
1: No, we've come
2: so far so quickly. I know.
1: We've learned so much. And I'm excited for the listeners to hear this episode and to hear Paul's beautiful made-for-radio voice.
2: And if it resonates, remember to follow, like, share, review, whatever people do.
1: Yes, definitely. Tell people about us because there's going to be lots more to come.
2: And it's slowly getting started. You don't have to have gone to seminary with us or know us a bazillion years (laughs) in order to be part of this podcast. If you know someone who's a minister doing creative things, reach
1: out yes definitely let us know i know that's always been one of the best ways that i've found new people to create things for consecrate is just through people sharing with me ideas so i think people are going to love this episode what do you think well rate it right <laughs> then yeah. we'll
2: know yeah. but if you hate it don't rate it because then yeah. you know it's bad stats
1: <laughs> yes definitely keep it to yourself if keep you it to like yourself
2: it. if you don't <laughs> like it okay well here we go let's, let's dive in
1: Hi! Welcome. welcome! We're here! We're doing this! Yay! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is so great. Hello, hello, Don. Hello, Paul.
0: Thanks for the invitation.
1: So, Paul, you know, because we talked about this a little bit beforehand, that we're interested in creativity. Yeah. And I am curious about what's been one of your most enjoyable creative projects that you've worked on? Hmm.
0: Well, as I think about that question, can I tell you about my very first one? Sure. I was five years old and we had a tape recorder connected to the stereo in our living room and there was a microphone on there. Uh, When they couldn't figure out what to do with me, they put me in front of the microphone and handed it to me and I just talked for hours on end. (laughs) Yeah. But my favorite, I think... Any project I'm working on at the moment is my favorite. Right now, I just finished a series of devotions for Christ in Our Home, which was pretty fun. I've done this for the warden season and for Christ in Our Home, and they're pretty fun to do.
2: So writing is super fun right now.
0: I would say writing for me is always fun, which is really interesting because writing is something that inspires me, other people's writing. But I often get the creative urge, it's almost like an earworm, kind of like music comes to me. And I've found out that that's not a tumor. So (laughs) it's just, I'll hear something and I'll just sit and start writing and then write until I am done, which is fun.
1: Mm, So I'm really interested in the process. Like, do you have a certain time of day that you like to sit and write? Or do you need certain conditions like... Music or no music or music without words or complete silence.
0: I used to need music with words in order to get going. And now Hmm. I prefer music without words. Actually, I listen to classical music quite a lot. So it's probably that.
1: Mm hmm. And a certain time of day, is a certain time of day better? So
0: what I would prefer to do is to write late into the night. My schedule says that I need to write early in the morning. The other day I finished a different project and I was done at two in the morning and I realized I had to be up three hours later. But in the moment, it didn't really matter (laughs) because it was creative and it was fun and it was, you know, I was all in
2: you were in that sense of flow. Yes. Mihail, Chicks, and Mihai, the sense of flow where you are unaware of time or your body needing food. You're just in the creative zone.
0: I have that book and I've used that book and it's on my shelf. The church loves that. Yes, that's right.
1: And you were in it.
0: And I was You're in like, it. Yeah, completely.
1: C- could you say the name of that book one more time?
0: It's Creativity, is the title. Well, he has two. There's one that's okay. called Flow. the other one is called Creativity. I was introduced to this person because of the book, Creativity. And then I went back and read Flow and both very, very helpful.
1: Mm, It sounds great. What
2: else? What are the other conditions? You've mentioned the music. You've mentioned the time of day. What gets
0: you to Flow? I need relative quiet to write, to be honest. That has not always been the case, but the longer I've worked on writing... And the better I become at it, one of the elements has been, there's nothing else around me. There's nothing else going on. It is true that sometimes when I'm in flow, it doesn't matter if like the house fell down, I would still be at my computer writing, (laughs) but really I prefer the quiet. So early in the morning, late at night is super important. I have to have a mug full of water. Sometimes I'll write when my daughter is up. And if she's sitting next to me on the floor doing her reading and writing, I find that kind of gets things going for me.
1: When my younger son, Jesse, was little, a lot of times he'd come over to my office and he would be coloring, just sitting over in the corner working on his coloring while I was writing. And there's something really nice about, you know, you're both working on your things.
2: You use a lot of images of hearing the creativity come to you.
0: And you know, what's funny about that is I'm not a musician.
2: Maybe this is your music.
0: Well, I do actually like and sitting at the keyboard of my computer, the way I imagine pianists sit at their keyboard. I do feel like that there's some similarity there. I spend all day long listening to people. And so when I'm writing, I'm listening at a different level, in a different place. And it's a lovely thing. I never walk away from writing saying, well, that was a waste of time. Because one of the things about writing is that nothing is ever lost. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can think, what is this? But it all fits somewhere. It all works. And it's sort of lovely when it does.
1: I'm curious, have you ever done the nano write-mo, you know, the writing?
0: I know of it.
1: I haven't mm. I thought about it?
0: I do a lot of writing of flash nonfiction.
1: Oh, oh what's that?
0: Tell us. So that. flash nonfiction is 750 words, anything that you want to write. And there's a site called Brevity that publishes Flash Creative Nonfiction. And the guy who is the grand puba of it is named Dinty Moore. I kid you not. <laughs> Dinty Moore is his name. And he's a Buddhist and really wonderful writer an editor. He sits at his computer and waits for these things to come in and you turn it in and you probably get a rejection in about a half an hour, 45 minutes, but you're still writing. So it's worth it. It's worth checking out. Brevity is the website. Brevity. Yeah.
2: I'm wondering, are you experiencing a creative discovery as you write? Do you know the end when you start? No. So you're writing to find the end. You're having a creative moment along with the reader.
0: And that's something that, that has changed over time. When I first started writing, what would seize me up about the blank page was that I didn't know everything about what I was going to write. And then I got into an MFA program and realized that that's actually the writing process itself, that to sit at a page is the whole thing and just let it come, which is a lot of fun. Do
2: you know that concept about the Greek muse? Back long ago, the Greeks did not believe individuals who are creative. They believe these muses are floating around looking for someone who is already writing. You're sort of talking in those terms of I sit down at the blank page and it comes, or I hear an earworm. There's something about it's like Hmm. out there being channeled through you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just see overlaps.
0: Well, I'll say this. There are poets uh, well-known poets from the past who have said that when a poem comes they have to sit down right away otherwise they won't get a page uh because it will go
1: as quickly as it as it comes i don't know about that i love that i hadn't heard about that concept until i was reading elizabeth gilbert's book (laughs) big magic yes Yes. yeah Uh uh-huh and she was talking about that and yeah and she
0: not only writes about it but then she was interviewed on Kate Bowler, Uh actually, and she said that, and I said, well, that puts a lot of emphasis in the creative process on attentiveness then.
2: Whoa, say (laughs) more about that.
0: Yeah. So if the creativity comes and you're not in a place where you can do something with it, she would say it will just go on to somebody else. But is that true? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be. It is about some things. And some things I'm glad that I didn't end up writing that I thought I was going to write. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on this. And then you sit down and you're like, I wrote something completely different. And it was probably better than what I was going to write to begin with. Or at least it's what I had to write that I didn't know that I needed to write until I sat down.
2: So being a writer is listening and being attentive. Yeah which I don't think non-writers would say that.
0: Well, some writers wouldn't say that either, I don't think, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, uh, here, I think the creative process as a writer and the creative process as a pastor is very similar. To listen and to lean in and to mm-hmm. let happen what needs to happen in that space, in that moment. Mm-hmm. You never quite know what it's going to be, but you know it's going to be something.
1: So do
2: you preach from a manuscript, or do you lean into that writing and let it happen when it's being proclaimed?
0: I bring neither a manuscript nor notes into the pulpit. Now, people have said, but you're a writer. Why wouldn't you write your sermons? It's a different form of communication. Mm -hmm.
2: I like that you're making the distinction with preaching as a spoken thing, and the people who are reading something they wrote beautifully the previous Wednesday, I can assure you I am not listening right on sunday right,
1: mm-hmm. right.
0: Mm-hmm. my people listen because they're not sure if i'm going to use them in the sermon no, they know better yeah. but,
1: <laughs> but
0: they're never quite sure what i'm going to say but i say jokingly that i want to give the holy spirit plenty of room to work but i don't know that that's so much a joke as it is pointing out there's a lot of improvisation that happens in creativity whatever it happens to be whether i'm writing or i'm preaching or i'm sitting and talking with somebody to just kind of follow that impulse wherever it leads and to understand that again nothing's lost so then to trust that and just follow where it goes
1: that kind of connects to another question that i had that was just how do you see your creativity and your spirituality connect i would go
0: back to improvisation actually i'm a big fan of improvisational comedy
1: Because
0: of the way it sets, not only sets the person free, but sets the community free then as well. So I'm an interim pastor, and I've I've done eight or nine now. And in every situation that I've been in, they have been so hurt and so worried. They needed to find a way to be at ease so that they could be receptive to what God was up to among them. I use a lot of humor in the pulpit is what I'm trying to say. I think it works. I don't understand a comedy set, but I do think that once you begin talking about people's lives, there's naturally things that are just funny Mm -hmm. that people don't Know that they can laugh at, but they need to.
2: I feel like you write like an improvisational actor.
0: Maybe, maybe. I don't know if I do or not. Tell me.
2: Well, there's other personality types that would outline it first, but you are willing to step into the scene or the storyline or the argument in nonfiction or whatever without knowing where it's going. That's what an improv actor is doing.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I th- I should claim that and kind of live into that a little bit. I think it's incredibly possible. I do think that to go into a world that is so broken and so turned around, to go in with something really well scripted is missing an opportunity to pay attention to what is happening in front of us.
2: Because you can't pre-decide what the people will be feeling the moment you deliver that.
0: No, you might have some impulses in that direction. So a couple of weeks ago, two minutes before I was to go into worship, this elderly woman pulled me aside and let me have it, like both barrels, just let me have it. Not about anything that I had done, but about everything that had happened. This congregation is on the verge of closing. They're going to be voting in a couple of weeks to close. And so we've been working on getting them ready for that. And I said, well, it sounds like you're angry. She's, she looked at me. She's like, you think? I said, well, but who are you angry at? And she said, what do you mean? I said, who are you angry at? She said, well, that pastor. I said, you were there before the pastor was. I said, are you angry at yourself? Well, I wasn't. I said, well, you should be. I mean, if you're going to be angry at everybody, why not include yourself? I mean, why not? I said this to her right before I went into worship. Mm
1: -hmm. Isn't that the best when people come to you right before worship to bring up something huge? Yeah, love (laughs) it. just could not love
0: it more. Because then I spent the whole worship thinking about that conversation, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much.
1: But it does sound like you handled it well. And you do sort of have that improvisational spirit about you.
0: Thank you. I long so much to be able to create a beautiful manuscript for preaching. Like, I would love to do that, but I wouldn't even know how to begin.
1: I think I had mentioned to you, Paul, did you have any, I know as you work on your writing, and do you have any goals that you maybe like some coaching?
0: Yeah. So my advisor in my MFA program just sent me a rather pointed email. She said, you've got to be working on building up your collection of writing because it needs to get out there. Well, that's great. Normally, I don't have problems with this, but there's an essay that I wrote for my thesis that I want to transition into something to be published. I just sent it out just to see what people would do with it. And it got sent back to me and they said, we'd love to publish this, but we want you to include the fact that you're a pastor. What happens to the pastor who goes through this, that, or the other thing? And I'm stumped. I don't know where to go with that. So in 2007, I spent three months in Wittenberg, Germany, and studied and wrote. And I arrived there on the day of when they commemorated Luther's wedding. So I wrote a lot about this from my experience of the people there and what I was thinking about while I was there, but I failed to include anything about being a pastor. So allowing that part of my identity to inform or that vocation to inform my writing I've never been good at that
2: what is the risk of including that you're a pastor that it just doesn't feel like it's in the flow of um, the piece or is it like oh I'm revealing something that I don't need the whole world to know or what is it
0: I don't know like I kind of I kind of wonder if this is the question the question that you're asking I think is Something that could unlock my creativity more if I could come to some clarity around it. But up until this point, I have i don't want a whiny, I don't want to be one more that, I don't want to be that pastor who writes something that in which I'm raking the church over the coals because it's been done over and over and over again.
2: Be the non-whiny voice. Somewhere you've got that in your head that if you mention you're a pastor, then you'd be whining about the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I've also been around pastors a lot. And For sure. So, yeah. You know, I was just with a group of pastors this week and we were all, we were all uh, talking about our experiences.
2: Does the world need the voice of the non-whiny, progressive, funny, slightly improvisational pastor? You bet. So, hi. Hi speak up
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: there's something you're you're hesitating what's in the way it's real no
0: i don't know that i'm hesitating i just hadn't i had it so built in my head that the world well first of all if you listen to elizabeth gilbert who cares if the world thinks they need it or not right who cares
2: someone could say she's whiny she's like got divorced and then has to go around eat pray love (laughs) stop your whining get over it Right, Someone's saying that someone
0: oh more than probably someone right, right.
2: but here we are quoting her. we love of her course,
0: I don't know that I've found that place, and maybe it's there, and I just haven't I just need to play with it, but I have not given my myself permission to play with that yet, so maybe here we are, maybe this is the thing,
2: what would it take to play? What do you need?
0: why well, I, I think you just gave me permission, so that oh, may be no. all I need. Right. That may be all I need. Can you write
2: a seven hundred and fifty? What was that? Flash fiction on
0: a, uh, flash nonfiction.
2: C- a seven fifty flash nonfiction by next Friday, in which you reveal that you're a pastor and are also talking about some other subject.
0: Yes, I could talk about that, and I have a funeral next Friday, so I could talk about okay. I could talk about that about putting those two things together. It'll be the last funeral that happens in this church. Oh.
2: Wow, people will read that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow.
0: So, in a church that's dying, that's will mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. on January 14th. Will be their last service. I mean, you don't plan to have a funeral necessarily. Then.
2: Oh, oh.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: So, can we see that and link to yeah. it? Is it okay? Yes, of
0: course. Yeah.
2: Okay, so all of our listeners are your accountability buddies. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Just having you two as accountability buddies is daunting, but I'm glad for it. I'm glad to write it.
2: And listeners know we said 750 words in a week while he's planning a funeral. So Mm -hmm. like, this is not the published level. This is the first step to integrating something new, another vocation into an existing system. And we're upsetting the system and we don't know how it'll turn out. We
0: have no idea.
1: How fun. Love that Creating things right here. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) I wonder, let me turn the tables on the two of you. Where are you finding creativity
1: (laughs) right now? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is this podcast because this is brand new and this is, you know, something I've never done before, but I'm such a fan of podcasts. And so it's really lovely to have a chance to actually see. How this feels to talk about cool ideas with cool people and then to share that. So I love that idea of creating this thing. How about you, Don?
2: Yes, to the podcast, very much so. And I'm also currently transforming this room into Wonderland for a birthday party.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so fun. Right.
2: I feel like I'm setting up a VBS. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny i worked in some larger churches in the midwest you know the entire hallway would become under the mm-hmm. sea and so we did it that feels, feels like too. that been
0: there yes. done that yep absolutely i love it
2: <laughs> so i'm just doing that in my little home here for one child
0: that's <laughs> awesome well i love
2: that thank you for asking that yeah well thank you for being here and helping us figure out what this is
0: Yes, I'm really excited to see what comes, and I'll subscribe, of course.
1: Yeah, thanks for your thoughts on creativity and blessings as you make the things and.
0: Well, I've got create. I've got 750 words between now and next Friday, so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, it's so great to see you, Paul. It's so good to see you. you.
2: Thanks for joining us for Created Creative with Ruth and Dawn.
1: We're so glad that you were here. Please follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Rate and give us a great review. And please share us with your friends. And hey, go create something today.